Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. I'm Antonio Mayo, and we have Sarah Hazi. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I'm Mike Mondovani. And uh, we're going to take another question from our jar and try to okay. provide whatever insights and thoughts we can related to an uh, M365 question. You know, it occurs to me that we should ship this from one location to another, so that way the, the cup can move between the scenes here. We ought to think about that. All right, here we go. Question is, um, when to self-service or not? <laughs> so I think that they mean things like uh, Teams, SharePoint Online Sites, Microsoft 365 Groups, Planner Plans, Yammer Communities. Should you enable self-service so that your users can create those groups and entities on their own? This is often a religious battle. Yeah, it is always the question that comes up every time we deploy M365. How do we control it and how do we control the sprawl of all those communities and sites and groups everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it's interesting. I think most most companies that I talk with, at least initially, err on the side of we're going to have a request and fulfillment process so that they can understand the scope and the level of demand for some of these things. Yeah. Um, I, I see that frequently, but then I think that there is a certain level of understanding that you need to get to about what data do you need and what are your concerns about a self-service process and that self-service fulfillment and examining those things will help you determine, can you enable self-service? What structure um, do you need around that process in order to meet your objectives? Okay. And what, what often drives those objectives? Like why, why do organizations even think about it? Like from my perspective, our customers typically come from regulated industries or government where they're used to controlling uh, levels of collaboration, where collaboration takes place. So that's often a driver. I think that's often a driver. I've also seen it where from a geolocation perspective or uh, an information security perspective that they need to be able to classify and determine which groups or um, SharePoint online sites hold personal information or not. Uh, and so they need a data classification at the, uh, at the Microsoft 365 group level or at the SharePoint online site level, what's going to be housed within there. And they need some type of an audit or a registration record so that they can go to those and maybe seek attestations or required reviews. Yeah, I've also seen it based on similar to yours, but the type of actually information or the sensitivity of the information that is being created within a team or a SharePoint site and how you can control that and how you can have access to it from a conditional access perspective. If you can access it from anywhere or you're going to have to be on the network or VPN. Um, so all of this drives the, the control of uh, how you collaborate and how you create all your services within M365. Yeah. Agreed. I've also heard frequently that um, concerns about organic growth and that if left unchecked, and I think that this stems from, if so for SharePoint, back in the SharePoint 2010 or the SharePoint 2007 days, we were, I remember being very concerned about the proliferation of SharePoint sites, the proliferation of site collections and organic growth 
caused all kinds of issues when we when we were dealing with you know on-prem situations and but now in microsoft 365 i see a lot of that same thought process that what would happen if we just had users creating yammer communities or teams in microsoft teams on demand and then what if they didn't use them they created it and then it wasn't used and what do you do to clean all of that up i hear that a lot as well yeah yeah we often refer to that as sprawl yeah mm -hmm. Uh, we, spent, we spent a good 10 years battling sprawl um, in this space. And now with self-service, I think the, the thought is often, well, it's making it even worse. Like we're going to have even worse sprawl than we had before. Um, so people tend to want to control it in order to avoid that problem, right? We got into that problem with all the on-prem SharePoint environments and network file shares that we created in the past. We're now moving all that content SharePoint online, and we're taking that opportunity to move to a newer, cleaner model. Um, so we want to avoid sprawl. It's kind of a natural thing, I think, to think about. Yeah, it, it also depends on the size of the organization. I think anything mid to large organizations, they have a specific process in place that might have compliance that have to follow and to meet. So they put those rules in place where the small ones, they may not have those rules, processes, compliance in, in place. They keep it open, yeah. but they uh, so self-service is turned on uh, but they put some rules about the office 365 groups activities so no activities on the office 365 groups for six or 12 months it automatically gets deleted as well so there is some governance around it so they're taking that the reactive mode and being proactive at that uh, but again they just as a as a small organization they just want to keep it open they don't want to control how they collaborate, which is something still I don't agree with, but uh, at least they're doing some cleanup. There's a site sprawl and right. a sprawl cleanup. Yeah, and there's a natural tension to be had between the need for governance, which could require there to be some amount of space and time between, let's say, the three of us are in a meeting and we decide we need a new team and Microsoft Teams, and we go fill out a reform to request it, there's going to be, there may be, if it has to go through a review, approval, and then fulfillment process, there's going to be some layer of time between our idea to use it and the fulfillment. And that time and review is part of the governance, but there's a natural tension between that need for governance and the need for, frankly, immediate usage of what it is that we requested, because that has a much higher conversion rate on it being used. Yeah. So, for example, if we're in a meeting and we decide we need a new team, if we can create that new team in seconds during the meeting and then start populating that new team and setting it up, there may be a much higher likelihood that that team will get used than if it takes a day or a week or two weeks to suddenly receive that. And now we can't even remember why we wanted it in the first place. Same thing for things like Yammer communities, right? Um, if you lose the tie-in to why you requested it, you may no longer care in three days or a week or two weeks. No, that's a, that's a fair point. I think you touched on a good topic a moment ago, Sarah, around attestation. Um, so we often think of that as um, certification or doing a, a permission remediation, for example, on a regular basis on sites or teams. Um, in the past, a few years ago, I did an engagement with a financial services company who actually had the SEC come in and audit them and declare a finding against them that literally they were not managing permissions effectively on SharePoint sites and network file shares. Um, and those, those sites and shares contained 
um, MMPI data, so material non-public information, right? Insider trading potential related data. Um, so in their case, we had to implement a big program of identifying data owners um, across a company of 4,500 people, um, uh, do implementing a permission, an automated permission review and certification process with those data owners across all those sites and all those file shares. Um, you know, with, with that in mind, the idea that, okay, if I'm going to create a space that I'm going to collaborate in and I might put data in there that could lead to, you know, an SEC issue, um, it, 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 it begs for having some sort of a form that you fill out with just a little bit more information and registering that site or that team and then that feeding into an automated permission review and remediation and certification process. Right. And that, that to me is where, you know, that drives a lot of organizations in that space to potentially um, limit self-service and introduce this, um, how did you put it, a um, request and fulfillment process for sites. Yep. And I've uh, heard of organizations that, in fact, this is a conversation that you and I have had before, Antonio, about the need to go through that registration process, because I think that's a great way to refer to it. But whatever data that your company requires before it creates a team or uh, a group or a Yammer community or even a planner plan, um, that you must fill that out, attest to it so that yeah. they have a record of that, but and then it's fulfilled, right? Yeah. And hopefully it can be fulfilled automatically once they fill yes. out the form for speed. Um, but then I've seen other companies where they implement a model where they immediately fulfill the request for a new team or community or site and then you receive an email shortly thereafter with the required registration process. And then yeah. you're given a time limit to complete that registration. And if you don't complete that registration within the time limit, then further action could be taken, including potentially the removal of um, that community or that team. So you can kind of do the registration on the front end or the back end. And I think yeah. company needs and speed of fulfillment may yeah. determine which path to go down. Yeah, Would you do actually, like a justification for that? Sorry, Antonia. Okay. No, okay. I was going to say, I really, I really like that idea of doing the registration on the back end. That's a, a, a really clever way to do that so that people can still create it, you know, get access to it immediately, but then you still capture that information that you need from a security and governance perspective. Sorry, Mike. So I was, was going to ask the question, do you, do you require justification when they fill in the request and it automatically gets created? Do you require a justification why they are creating it? Is there a review or no? It's whatever they want. They can create a site for Antonio and Mike and Sarah for whatever, for planning a birthday party. And In this case, in the organization, um, no, there's no delay, meaning that they can go into Teams and literally create a new team on demand using the native Teams creation interface. Um, they can create a new SharePoint online site, a new planner plan. So there's literally no barrier from them self-service creating whatever they need. But if they want to keep that past a certain point in time, they must complete that registration process or it will automatically be rescinded. Okay. Now, of course, inherent within that is you better have a process whereby they can. I think we lost Sarah. We might have some technical issues. We might. Why don't we wait for her to come back? Um, sure. While we do that, Mike, I was going to say, I have seen situations where you do need to provide a justification as part of the request. So, for example, as you know, in the Canadian government, security classification is, you know, public, protected A, protected B, protected C. So one of the common questions you ask is, 
you know, what is the most sensitive information that'll be stored on this site or this team? And if protected C is chosen, then often an approval is required. And as part of that approval, you wanna have some sort of a reason or a justification or purpose for this collaboration space that you're creating. Okay, so there is like they go and fill in a form, like a SharePoint list, and you just go and enter the information. And if yep. it's a protected C, it's a workflow, and it goes creates the actual teams automatically for you. Um, and then if there is protected C, that requires an approval before it gets created. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a conditional approval. You know, depending on the the information that's filled in as part of that request, it may require an approval or it might be an automated approval that goes through, but you still register that, uh, that, that, that space was created, you know, you store with that registration who the owners of it are, um, and so on. Okay, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I've seen, I, we've, we've built that for a few organizations and the, uh, it's always a fun exercise I find to kind of build that automated process. If you're gonna turn off self-service and you're gonna introduce a request and fulfillment process, I highly recommend automation behind that. So that, you know, as Sarah said, you, you are not creating a, um, a delay, a long delay between making the request and then receiving the space that you can collaborate in because yes. there is a long period of time, um, you know, you're, you're less likely to, um, adopt it, to use it, to pick it up. You might forget why you asked it and so on. Yeah, and it kills the collaboration mood as well because people get excited. They are looking, there's a reason to create a team. They just want to work together. They don't want to collaborate. Right. That is a topic they want to talk about. So let's yeah. not kill that mood and just automate it and get it up and running as quick as possible. That's right. That's right. Um, what about Planner? Have you done any automations or control over Planner at all or Yammer communities? Not yet. Uh, we've done we, we've done this with the the major workloads. Oh, I think we've got Sarah back. You are muted. A slight internet connectivity issue. That's Sorry. okay. They, they happen. We're still recording. There you go. Perfect. I was in the middle of saying something. I have no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah, I th we were talking about the automation of teams and yeah, I don't know what it was as you were saying. I don't just don't remember. Oh, oh, I remember it was Mike asked the question about, um, do you ask the person for a justification uh, or a reason for creating um, the thing? And I think you were in mid sentence. Yeah, um, the organization that I've seen implemented, um, they actually don't. They use the native interaction, so people are freely able to just go into Teams, create a new team, same thing in Yammer, SharePoint Online, create new sites, and uh, without any kind of a justification required. But then they have that workflow process that kicks in um, that automatically then sends them the registration request. So for, for the uh, people that are listening to us, you have created a Power Automate that monitors the creation of Teams or SharePoint and automatically sends that email to the owner for that registration process. Correct. Um, and it sends it actually automatically to all of the owners that are defined. So when you go in to create a new team, for example, you can set up multiple people as members, multiple people as owners if you like. So if the three of us were set up to be owners of the new team that I create, all three of us would receive the same email. Only one of us has to go in and complete that required registration process. 
okay. in order for the team to basically, um, it sounds bad, but for the team to continue living, mm -hmm. one of us would need to complete that registration. I like that. I really like that. How do you deal with a situation where multiple people fill in that form for the one team? Ah, is it the, um, the form is in four apps, and it's smart enough to know that when uh, Mike goes and fills out the registration form, and then you and I, Antonio, right on his heels two minutes later, go and click on the link to the form, it gives us a message saying the registration has already been completed. Thanks for playing. Nice. Uh, so, yes. I, I, I know how we've done it. I was thinking about something similar. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. I love a solution in Microsoft 365 where we're using Power Apps and Power Automate to be able to empower the organization. Notice what pun intended. Okay, so I'm going to ask you another detailed question about you. You store the registration of that somewhere, yes? Yes. Where do you store that? That would be in SharePoint. In a SharePoint list? Right. Okay, and what happens when you get more than 5,000 of them? Because those Power Automate APIs can't deal with lists that have more than 5,000 entries. That's a good question. Um, we've, we've intentionally done it in an Azure SQL database exactly because of that. Now you're asking detailed questions beyond the bounds of what I know, but that's a good question to ask, actually. Okay. Wait for you, Antonio. Uh -huh. Keep on asking questions until we run out of the, but why, but why, and then we run out of the answers <laughs> to those questions. I was trying to get out of detail there about if you are going to register, and I highly recommend registering it. Um, yep. We have tried in SharePoint list, and unfortunately, the fact that the Power Automate APIs can't deal with a list with more than 5,000 entries when you are doing a query against it, we decided to go with an Azure SQL database because then we can have as many as we want. And I think that that's an important distinction factor. And really, when you look at it, what are the guardrails around being able to set up any kind of a process? Because, yeah. I don't know about you, but I think most companies would have pause at the idea of enabling self-service fulfillment with no guardrails whatsoever. Yeah. Most of the companies that I talk to want to have some level of ability to throttle that yeah. in some way. Um, and whether we throttle it on the front end with a review, approval, and fulfillment process, or we enable them to go ahead and auto-create, but then we require a registration on the back end, um, I think it's. I think a lot of companies, and do you agree, are going to require some type of governance? Yes, very much so. I think Microsoft has started to put in some questions when you go to do the creation, right? I'm thinking of a security classification that you can enable for sites. Um, but there's certainly quite a few more that we want to ask for. I don't think we want that to be too many because then it becomes a barrier to people creating these spaces. But certainly, you know, choosing the owners of the space, a name for the space, the owners of the space. Personally, I think the description of the purpose for it is important and probably should be mandatory. And the security classification. Um, mm -hmm. There's a few other things as well. So for security classification, often it's, okay, what's the highest level of security classified information you're going to store on this site, right? Are you store highly sensitive, only sensitive, only internal only, public? Um, those things become important in terms of enforcing policies on those spaces later. Um, Another key idea that you could ask is, um, is there a time to live for mm -hmm. this particular group or team, uh, site or community? Because you could, and uh, many companies have, temporary campaigns for charitable giving campaigns or uh, renewal of annual benefits. 
campaigns yeah, and they um, you could create some functionality that would auto then archive or auto remove those entities after that period of time. Yeah, you could also drive a retention policy to automatically be assigned exactly. to those sites upon that. Um, one interesting bit of new functionality that was introduced, I think it's still in preview, but I'm not 100% sure, is um, the classification for sites has now moved to sensitivity labels, right? You yep. used to have this classification, you go configure in Azure AD, and then you'd be able to select those through a dropdown. That has now moved to sensitivity labels. Um, and once you do that, once you use sensitivity labels for that, um, now if you store um, an MIP classified document on a site that has a sensitivity label associated with the site, and the document is a higher sensitivity than the site, it'll start to send alerts. So that's a great bit of automation that's built into the platform to alert people. You've stored, you know, a highly sensitive document on a site that's only only rated for um, sensitive content or internal only content. You should reconsider where you've stored this. I think that's a great bit of automation that we often help organizations put in place from a governance perspective. It's now built into the platform. So I, I love that functionality starting to come. All right. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. Despite, I'm glad that you came back, Sarah. Um, I'm glad I was able to come back. This was a great topic around self-service. Um, again, often it's a religious battle, but you know, clearly there's some solutions for it so that people can get the workspaces they need quickly, but you can still have the right governance and security around it. Yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you again on another episode of uh, M365 Voice. Bye. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now.